Father, we love you and declare you as the Lord, our Lord and God. You're amazing. Thank you for the opportunity to worship you. And now we open our hearts to your word and pray that you would speak to us and you would transform us and and change us through the power of your spirit. Holy Spirit, speak through me, I pray. For your glory, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we are in week three of a four week series um, entitled Three Little Words. And the, the phrase, that phrase, three little words, it refers to the words, I love you, which we all know are pretty easy to say and they're easily sung, but they're not so easily, easily lived out. You know, it's pretty easy to tack on to the end of a conversation or an email, though those words, I love you. But what does that really look like? What does it mean to live out these three little words in our relationships? Well, that's really what we're focusing on. In this teaching series. So two weeks ago, Pastor KJ talked about I see you, how I see you is a critical foundation for love to really see people for who they are and to see the people around us. And then last week we talked about, we looked at the life-giving importance of I hear you, the incredible value and love that are communicated when we, when we give people our undivided attention and we listen with our hearts Well, today I want us to focus on another aspect of what love looks like in our relationships. And in order to explore this, we're going to be looking at one of the most profound demonstrations of love ever recorded in history. If you have your Bible or Bible app, feel free to turn to John chapter 13. John chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. It was just before the Passover festival Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. See, Jesus knows that his time on earth is coming to a close. He knows that the cross awaits him within the next 24 hours. His purpose as Messiah and Savior is about to be fulfilled in an excruciatingly painful way. And John, right here, John wants us to know what is at the heart of this mission. It's love. John says, Jesus, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now, this phrase, to the end, it could mean just he loved them to the end of his life. That's one possible meaning. But it could also mean that he, that, 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 that he, he, he loved them to the utmost. In other words, Jesus is about to show them the full extent of his love. He's going to show them the full extent of his love. Verse 2, the evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. I mean, think about that. Jesus is sitting there knowing that God the Father had put all power in his hands knowing that he has the ultimate authority in the entire universe. Now, what do people in power usually do? 
What do people in power usually do? They order other people around, right? They use their power to make sure they receive everything they need. I mean, we as humans typically use our power to make our lives easier, to make our lives better, you know, to see that our agenda and our desires are advanced. So here is Jesus, the most powerful being on the planet. How does he use his power? Verse four, so he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. This is absolutely shocking. Here is the Messiah, the Lord of creation, God in the flesh who deserves to have everyone serving him. Every knee will bow, every tongue confess, will confess that Jesus is Lord. That's who, who is sitting at this table and that's who stands up, takes off his outer garment, grabs a basin of water and begins washing the feet of his disciples, including the feet of Judas, who he knew would betray him. Now, this incident is sometimes glamorized, I guess, but, but we need to make no mistake about it. Foot washing was one of the most menial jobs you could do. I mean, only the lowliest of servants in a household would be washing people's feet. It was a disgusting job. In that day, they didn't have Nikes. They didn't have paved streets. They didn't have cars. They didn't have toenail clippers, right? People walked wherever they went through donkey poop and mud and dirt. The last thing you would want to have contact with on someone's body was their feet, which is why foot washing was reserved for the lowliest of the low in terms of servants, so here we see Jesus, the one in whom all power and authority dwells, choosing to use his power to serve others. <laughs> to serve others. He could have ordered any of them to wash his feet or to wash everyone else's feet. And that would have been totally within his rights and his power to do that. But instead, he humbled himself, laying aside his authority, and, 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 and how he deserved to be treated in, in order to serve others. I mean, again, this is so shocking. Can you imagine the president of the United States washing the feet of his cabinet? Can you imagine the speaker of the house washing the feet of other representatives on the other side of the aisle? Can you imagine Tom Brady washing his teammates' feet after a game? We can't imagine these things. What kind of a leader, what kind of a person would do that? Jesus would. Jesus would. Why? Because of love. Because of love. As, as John said, Jesus was about to show them the full extent of his love. 
<laughs> he was going to show them the full extent of his love. See, this foot washing was a precursor to what Jesus was going to do on the cross. He was going to choose to lay down his life for them. See, Jesus is showing us here in a, in a profound way what genuine love looks like. Love serves. Love serves. Genuine love says, I serve you. Genuine love chooses to use whatever resources we have in order to serve another person. Genuine love serves others. So when Jesus is finished, he makes his purpose clear. Verse 12, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. See, notice Jesus is not only showing us what love looks like, he also then is commanding us as his followers to love like he does, to follow in his footsteps. As I have loved you, you must love one another by serving one another. See, to serve to serve is to lay down our life. In other words, it's to lay down our agenda and our, 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 our desires and our time and our, our resources in order to help someone else. That's what serving is, right? We lay down our agenda in order to help someone else. And I don't think I am overstating this. I don't think I'm overstating this to say that if, if we miss or we ignore this message of Jesus, what he just said, if we ignore that or miss, out on, miss that, we are actually missing the essence of his heartbeat. We, we are like missing his mission because genuine love serves others. When you think about the various contexts in, in which you experience relationships, whether it's work or family or school or whatever, how fully are you and I demonstrating the love of Jesus, a love that serves other people? Or do people around us just kind of know that we're primarily focused on our agenda? One of the people in our small group shared a few weeks ago about how early on in his teaching career, um, he was all about being the best teacher. And he's a really good teacher. All about being the best teacher. He did a great job in the classroom. And he admitted, he admitted that in his, that his focus, his, his focus to succeed, that's all he was focused on. He admitted that in his focus to succeed, he saw the other teachers as competitors. He viewed them as competitors. So he didn't spend much time with them at all. He didn't interact with them. He didn't help them. And now as he's grown in his relationship with Jesus, he sees, he now sees how unhealthy that was and why the other teachers didn't really like him very much. So for the past few years, he has made an intentional effort to serve 
the other teachers, to help them do better, to step in whenever they have a need. And in doing that, he, he has noticed a significant change in his relationships with other teachers, a significant change in just kind of the atmosphere of that department in school, and a significant change in his own heart towards them, in his own heart for them. He doesn't see them as competitors anymore. He sees them differently. See, that is the power of Jesus' love in action. It, it, it changes other people. It changes us. But often it is so countercultural to the society in which we live and how we're encouraged to live. I mean, get to the top no matter who you have to step on and, and no matter how you get there, no, whatever. You, your goal is to get to the top so you can order other people around. You can be in charge. Jesus completely flips that paradigm on its head and says, hey, look, if you want to follow me, I mean, you can do what the world wants, that's fine, but if you want to follow me, if you want to love like I love, then lay down your agenda and choose to serve others. That's how you love. Now, Paul reaffirms this in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, 13, when he says, serve one another humbly in love. He says the entire law is summed up in this, to serve one another humbly in love. Now, while there are all sorts of areas that we could apply this, this principle to, I want to take the remaining time we have and focus on one particular context, and that context is the church, our church family. When you look at Jesus' words in John 13 and also Paul's words in Galatians 5, you realize that their initial audience is the gathered followers of Jesus. That's who they're talking to. That, this is God's heart for the church, that we as his followers would be living out this heartbeat together, that the church would exude this atmosphere of people serving each other. In fact, in John 13, right after Jesus declares, as I have loved you, so also you must love one another, Jesus then says this, by this, verse 35, by this, all, everyone will know you're my disciples. By this, in terms of, in other words, by serving one another this way, everyone else is going to know you're my disciples. I mean, Jesus is saying to his church, look, you all serving one another is actually going to be the, to the world a powerful demonstration of who I am in your life. Your serving each other is going to be a powerful demonstration to the entire world of who I am of who I am in your life. In other words, the church in our society can be leading the way in serving others. We can be leading the way. Now, God has actually given each one of us something that enables us to serve, the serving thing to happen in a very powerful way. This is so cool. Look, uh, actually, you can't look because uh, the, the screens aren't up here, but in, in 1 Peter chapter 4, let me read this, beginning in verse 8. Above all, Love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. See, now notice the context. Peter is talking to the church and he's saying, hey, folks, above all else, above all, love each other deeply. Okay, you know, you get this love thing down. 
This is really, really important. Above everything else, love each other deeply. Well, how do we do that? Well, he tells us by using, one of the ways we can do this is by using whatever gift you have been given by God in order to serve others. So we learn here in this passage that every Christ follower has been given by God at least one spiritual gift, a supernatural capacity God has given you for a purpose, to serve his body. So when you engage your gifts, other people in the body get blessed. People get ministered to. The church is able to touch more and more people as genuine love is being demonstrated. I mean, this is an amazing thing when you think about it. I mean, God, yeah, we got to serve and all that, and there are commands to serve, but it's amazing where God then takes it. God has actually gifted each one of us. He has gifted each one of us to serve other people in a life-giving way. Okay, so how do you determine, how do you figure out what your spiritual gift or gifts might be? Now, there are a number of spiritual gift tests that you can take online, um, and one of them is recommended in the message notes. So, so taking a test like that can be helpful for, for some people. But for other people, another way that many people can discover your gifts is to simply look for an area of ministry that you're passionate about and that you think you would enjoy doing, and then jump in. Because you will pretty quickly discover what your gifts are and what they're not. Um, so when we're using our gifts, some really cool things happen. When we're functioning in our area of giftedness, we're using our gifts, not only are people ministered to, so when we get to serve in that way, people are blessed and they're ministered to. Not only that, we actually enjoy what we're doing. We, we really enjoy what we're doing. I mean, I had a ministry opportunity this last week, and I just, I just was reminded as I was doing this of how much fun this is. Um, just I kind of sensed that what I was sharing with these people, it was connecting with their hearts, and God was using that. It was just so cool. It was just so encouraging. But the flip side is also important to recognize. When we're operating in an area that is outside of our giftedness, the opposite actually happens. One, we're not really that effective at what we're doing. <laughs> so so pe people aren't necessarily ministered to very well. And, and, and then we don't really enjoy it very much. And I've been there too. I've tried to do things, man, this isn't my gift. I just am not enjoying this. So, so my encouragement is don't, don't get too hung up on trying to figure out exactly what your spiritual gifts are. Listen to your heart. Just listen to your heart. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Where would you like to serve? And then try it. Just try it. Now, one thing I love about our church is the amazing volunteers that we have. So many of you are already involved serving in ministry. Thank you. Thank you. You all are amazing. In preparing this message, I knew I was going to talk about it. And so I sent out an email to our staff a week ago, and I said, hey, tell me about some of the volunteers and some amazing volunteers in your, your areas of ministry. My inbox was like inundated with stories of people in this church who are serving so faithfully and so well, and people's lives are being impacted. I heard about a youth volunteer who helped a student who was battling anxiety. I heard about a small group leader who has created such a sense of family in their group that they lead, that, that people, they feel, they describe it as family. They just feel connected to one another. 
I heard about a couple of our Tiny Tots nursery workers who, because of their faithful love over several years in that particular ministry um, to their kids, that's what they call them, um, that they, they get invited to four-year-old birthday parties and high school graduations. Um, that's how long they've been doing it. That Their love is impacting generations. I heard about volunteers who stand in the cold in order to make sure everyone who comes in these doors here receives a warm handshake. I heard about people who who are using their financial expertise to help serve on our boards or or, or to help people get out of financial bondage. I heard about one of our volunteers at our West Campus who comes every week to help set up and tear down no matter how long it takes. I mean, people like that make the West Campus happen. I heard about multiple teenagers who are serving in various areas in this church, just loving on people, loving on kids, serving in various capacities. I heard about people experiencing healing, healing from being prayed for by volunteers who who come Sunday afternoon and are here for two hours volunteering to pray for people, and people have experienced healing because these volunteers are here to pray for them. I heard about a volunteer who regularly comes and weeds our flower beds so that they look beautiful for us to enjoy. Not this time of year, they look beautiful, but uh, throughout much of the year, they look beautiful because he comes and weeds our flower beds. Other volunteers who faithfully come in every week and they pick up the sanctuary after 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 our services. I heard about our communion servers who come early, They fill up communion cups. They get the bread ready so that all of us can enjoy the Lord's Supper. I mean, so many of the things that we just take for granted, we take for granted and enjoy each week, they happen because of volunteers who are choosing to serve you and me. The coffee and donuts that we enjoy, the worship we experience, the friendly greetings, the people who who care for our children. I could go on and on and on about the amazing people who serve here. And the people's lives being impacted by them, including mine, including mine. I think of my 18-year-old son, Joshua, has significant special needs. He loves coming to church because when he comes at 11 o'clock on Sunday, there is a special needs Sunday school class for him. And there are amazing volunteers that love on my son. I think about my other three children um, that are all out of the home now. Every one of them, every one of their social lives were impacted because of volunteers in this church who poured into them and spent time with them. I think of, I could name a number of our section hosts, but I, I think of one of our section hosts who always has such a positive um, smile on his face and just helps people feel welcome. He inspires me. He inspires me. I think of a couple who, for 20 years in our church, they have been leading the Alpha Ministry, and there are many, many volunteers. Hundreds of people's lives have been impacted, which is awesome. But I think of a friend of mine who became a Christian in that Alpha class in one of those alpha classes, a personal friend of mine who came to know Christ because he went to alpha. Thank you to every one of you who serve. My life has been impacted. My family has been impacted. Everyone in this church has been impacted by all of you who serve. So thank you. 
Now, even with the hundreds and hundreds of volunteers serving in many different ministries, right now, at Christ Community, right now, we have 267 specific opportunities or needs where we need people to serve. 267 identified ministry needs in terms of volunteers. That's a whole lot of opportunities for people to love others by serving them. And so I want to extend an invitation to anyone and everyone here to explore serving in some area in this church. We're calling this weekend Make a Difference Weekend. We, we have booths set up in the lobby where all of our ministry areas are represented. There's an insert in your newsletter with more information about all the specific ministries. And there are going to be people at these booths that would love to meet you and just share a little bit about that ministry. You can give them your name. There are just some cards you can fill out. Give them your contact information if you want to explore it further. You're not committing to anything, but just to explore it further. You can also go online and you can click on our serving banner where you can express interest in exploring serving in some area of ministry. And by the way, someone remind I just want to mention this. If you've been serving in an area of ministry that you don't, you really don't enjoy, this would be a great time to stop. Okay. Really? You, this would be a great time to stop. Don't, you, you don't, I don't, we, we don't want you to feel like you have to stay in a ministry forever just because you signed up for it. You don't have to stay in a ministry forever. This would be a perfect time to explore and discover who God has made you to be. And maybe he is moving your heart in a different direction, which is totally cool. So this weekend, this message right now, this is not about guilt. This is not about making anyone reluctantly serve. No, no, no. This is about love. This is about love. This is about embracing God's heart for people by joyfully serving them with the abilities he's given us. In fact, I want all of us to notice something. Jesus says at the end of his serving example and challenge, listen to these words, verse 17. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. How interesting. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I love that. Jesus is acknowledging the fact that, that serving is a way to experience blessing. I mean, the blessing of seeing God impact people's lives through you, the blessing of giving yourself to serve someone else, the blessing of just getting out of your comfort zone, the blessing of feeling connected with other people who are also serving in that area with you, the blessing of following Jesus in this way. I mean, when you use what you've been given to serve others, you come alive because you were created for this. You come alive because you were created for this. Don't miss out on the joy Jesus offers you by serving others. So we want to show a video that we put together with some of our volunteers answering this question. Why do you serve? Why do you serve? So let's watch this. I serve before because I enjoy being able to help out, meet people, and just, just enjoy just the whole, being part of the whole environment. It's uh, something that needs to be done, something that I'm qualified to do, and it's just, I just really enjoy doing it. Good morning. You can go to church and you sit in the same place week after week and you meet that little group of people there 
and you go to your small group and you meet those people there. But here we get to meet people from the whole nine o'clock service. We I serve because I just love the children. And well, I think if we don't give, <laughs> we kind of die ourselves. So we want to keep on giving and reaching out to others and show the love of Christ and be a light to others in the world. Well, I'm a, I'm a teacher and I love being around uh, kids. So I would say that's the, the place for me to be. And, and uh, of course, I love to be able to, to, uh, to help in church. Well, I think everybody needs to serve others in some way. You know, that's, uh, well, that's what we're called to do, really. It lets you see different people that you wouldn't typically get a chance to be around. Uh, I choose to serve specifically on the prayer team and worship team because I feel like that's a calling that God's given me, that he's placed on my life. And I feel like when people come and are seeking the Lord and I'm able to give them a word from God, it's just really edifying. I think just that I love Jesus and I love people and I want to be useful. I just think it's important <clears throat> to serve because we are God's hands and feet. Um, for me specifically, hands. Um, Jesus did so much to serve when he was on earth that if I'm trying to be like him, that's something that I should do. When I think about what God's purpose for my life is, I know that my purpose is to be helping kids grow in their relationships with God. And if I'm not doing that on a daily basis, then I'm not doing what God has called me to do. I always have this passion to serve others, especially now that I'm like in Christ's family. I love to serve all the time and every single way. Because I have the time, and uh, the more people that you can meet when you walk into a church, the, the better for the person that's visiting. And it's also a way to get to know people and get to see people. And uh, uh, I just do it because uh, I want God to use me. When you serve, you help others, not just yourself. And when you do serve, it feels good when you serve. You, you, feel, you feel good about yourself. You make others feel good. I think service is the heart of the church. Service is what makes the church the church. Otherwise, it's a bunch of people in a building listening to somebody speak. Serve because I want people to feel welcome in the church. I once heard a pastor say, how would church look um, if everyone did church the way that you're doing church? You know, service is one small piece of that, but it goes to so many other facets with giving and involvement. But I think it's important all those pieces are coming together to make each Sunday morning happen. I think when we first come to church, it's okay to just start there, but we have to, we have to get involved and we have to... Um, I guess for, for God, first off, and for the connections that it makes with other people, which if I just come to church, I don't have the opportunity to meet people. So by serving, I've been able to make some new friends. The word says that whatever we do to the least of these, we've done to him. And so if we're loving our children, we're loving Jesus. If we're serving coffee, we're serving Jesus. If we're, whatever we're doing, we're doing it un, unto him. Unto Let's pray. Yeah, thank you. All right, let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for being such an amazing Savior, such an amazing God who chose to lay down your life to serve and then commanding us to follow 
because of your love poured out towards us, the, to follow you by serving others. And so we pray for this, Lord. We pray that you would speak to each one of our hearts about what, what are you saying to us? I thank you for so many here who serve in this church, others serve outside this church, just all the serving. But Lord, we also acknowledge the needs that are here, the opportunities that are here to serve and to impact people. And so I pray right now, Jesus, would you speak to each one of our hearts? What are you inviting us to do? How, how are you wanting us to respond to your word? Perhaps Jesus is handing you and me a towel and saying, it's time to serve. It's time to serve. Follow me by serving others. So Lord, we pray for this heartbeat to penetrate our hearts and that all of us here would prayerfully evaluate what does it look like? What are you saying to us? in all of our relationships, not just church, in all of our relationships, to follow you, to love people by serving them. So continue to grow us in this as a church, as individuals, grow us in the power of loving through service. Thank you, God. So let me, uh, before I dismiss you with a blessing, in just a moment, I'm going to dismiss you. We're finishing early, so you have time to walk around the lobby. We, as I mentioned before, we have booths that are set up there. We have people at all these booths. You can find out more about any of these ministries going on and um, explore that with people. Just fill out. If you're interested in exploring it further, just fill out a card. Give them that a card, and they will get in touch with you. So that's what's going to happen. Um, we also will still have our, our prayer team available. And so um, as you're dismissed, feel free to go to the prayer stations as well and, uh, and, and receive prayer. Giving stations are available, obviously, here and in the lobby. And so we can continue to uh, respond to the Lord. So why don't we stand, and I'm going to dismiss you with a blessing. So now may the Holy Spirit open your eyes afresh to see Jesus as not only Lord, but as servant. And may you, as you walk in his love for you. May you seize the opportunities around you to serve others in his name, to bless them and love them in Jesus' name. And may you experience blessing as well. For the glory of Jesus, we ask it in his name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Christ community. Go ahead and head out to the lobby. I encourage you to check out the ministry opportunities. Thank you. Have a great, have a great week.